Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, also available on your Amazon Alexa. Today we've been very kindly joined by the CEO of Kibo Energy, Louis Coetzee. Thank you very much for joining us today. Nice being here, John. Thank you. So as we mentioned previously on the podcast, we're going to be touching on a number of areas within the sustainable energy sector. I'm very kindly joined uh, by Louis today, the CEO of Kivo Energy. They are looking at um, a transitioning from maybe sort of more traditional coal assets through to renewables. Um, so, Lou, do you want to just give me a breakdown of what Kibo do and what your main areas of activity are? Yes, of course. I mean, we have at the moment uh, a couple of projects, uh, three utility scale projects, in fact, four now after the announcements that came out two weeks ago. And then we have uh, a couple of projects here in the UK which are more focused on the emergency uh, or the standby uh, reserve power market. The projects that we are developing uh, at a utility scale are all in, in Africa. Uh, there we are developing two 300 megawatt projects in uh, Botswana, one 300 megawatt project in Tanzania, and one 300 mega, 150 to 300 megawatt project in Mozambique. Now the important thing is to understand. You you mentioned uh, the, the the whole move or shift towards renewables, but the important thing there is that Kibo is an energy company that's uh, in the business of providing energy solutions. And one of the long-term energy solutions that is required by the energy market in Africa is to be able to migrate or transition gradually from uh, more traditional fossil fuel-based uh, uh, power generation into uh, the renewable space. However, that's not going to happen overnight. And uh, all the projects that we are developing at the moment at utility scale level are projects that uh, are baseload uh, facilities. And these baseload facilities are developed to provide in, in, in the immediate uh, need of, of industry and also of, of the, the, of the um, retail consumer. And therefore, it needs to be affordable. And uh, the only thing that we can find at the moment to satisfy that is coal-based or, or fossil fuels, but with the idea of positioning it to transition over time. Okay, so you, so you mentioned there obviously a cost, and, and that was something that a lot of people would obviously be thinking when they're looking at making that transition from sort of coal towards sort of renewables. What would a timeline look like um, in terms of you sort of shifting your focus? And I mean, would it require a major shift in the partners that you're currently working with? Would could, Do you foresee having to go out and build new relationships in the market? Or do you have those relationships there that are already established and maybe you can build on those because you see those moving towards the renewable sector as well? Well, for, for us, it's not a matter of how long will it take. It's already there. Yeah. We're already doing it. It is the, 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 the important part is how quickly technology will allow us to do that. So our, our uh, um, limitation at the moment is not our own commitment or our own uh, willingness to do this. It's what technology will allow us. And to that extent, we had a choice either to align ourselves with existing uh, generation or renewable generation technology, which doesn't make sense. That's mm. something that's so well developed and so far developed at the moment that that's basically a commodity. Mm. The challenge for us is in the baseload environment where it's still very difficult and hugely expensive to make use of renewable uh, generation as a baseload provision provider of electricity. Hence, 
we decided to align ourselves with the storage technology side. And, and to, that, to that effect, we've signed a collaboration, a strategic collaboration agree, agreement with ESS in the United States to see if we can jointly with them, as we are developing our projects right now, develop those uh, uh, solutions already or begin to develop them, test them, implement them, and as, a, as, a, as, a, as an integral part of what we're doing, help that uh, transition process along. Okay, fantastic. So you obviously mentioned uh, the renewables there quite broadly. Which sort of areas within the renewables market are you going to be focusing on in particular? Well, it, it will entirely depend on where the project is and what the nature and environment of, 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 the, of the particular area is where we are developing this. But as a general rule, in the places where we are, Botswana, Mozambique, Tanzania, solar and wind will be the, 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 the obvious ones that we would be looking at. Okay, so how, how does that look like? It, I mean, it's as everybody knows, looking at the news uh, recently, we have uh, Extinction Rebellion um, very much sort of pushing forward the agenda of climate change here in the UK. What does that look like in Africa and some of the countries that you're operating in? Is there that, uh, that public pressure to be pushing forward with the renewables or is it sort of mainly um, sort of outside forces that are sort of, sort of seeing the opportunity within those countries? Before I can answer your question, it's very, very, very important to make a very clear distinction between whether uh, you are against or for, or for or against the, the renewable agenda. That's not the case. Uh, the case is uh, in, in, in Africa, in the developing economies where we are, it is uh, everybody understands the importance and the urgency with which we need to look at the whole climate situation, the whole climate question. What, 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 what you need to also understand in that is how do you do that in such a way that you do not um, limit or stifle uh, socioeconomic development? And it's unfortunately a process that you have to go through. So to try and answer your question very quickly, it is not whether there is a commitment to the renewable agenda. That commitment is there 100%. The question is how do we incorporate it with what we have infrastructure-wise, technology-wise, affordability-wise, sustainability-wise, and in relating all of that back to the socioeconomic agenda of the country, how do we do that so that we can end up in a position where we have done justice to the old renewable uh, uh, the, uh, dilemma or, or, or requirement? Okay, fantastic. So um, there was an RNS out yesterday to announce that you'd be taking part in a, in a placing to raise some funds. What would those funds be allocated to in the short term? Where do you sort of see that the growth coming from those, uh, those, those funds that were raised? Well, we're really excited about the fact that all our projects are now at that point, point where we are beginning to give the first steps towards commercialization. Up to now, we've been developing all our projects to get them to the point where they're bankable. Now they are. And we are at the very exciting time of, of Kibo's life where we're beginning to commercialize that. In that RNS that you referred to, we've announced, for example, the fact that already 355 megawatt of our 1,055 megawatt generating portfolio or generation portfolio is covered on the, on the heads of terms for, for power offtake. And that's pr pr predominantly what this funding would go to, is to get these projects into the commercial arena to start commercializing the projects that we're developing. So when in particular looking at Africa and the benefits of renewable energy, what does that look like, Louis? Well, again, I mean, the, the, the important part, as I've said before, is to get us to a point where we, where we are in a space where we operate in the classic renewable energy environment with, with everything being renewable. But we also have to look at what is it that we can do with what we have right now 
to already make a significant contribution and a definite change in terms of uh, the environment and the impact. And, and, I, and I think people forget the following facts. And that is that in the areas where we are developing our baseload facilities at the moment, our biggest positive impact that we make by putting in place uh, baseload facilities, or, or be it coal-fired, is that we stop deforestation. And if you stop deforestation, you stop uh, big, big areas of land turning into desert. That's the biggest issue that we have in places like Tanzania at the moment, where people are predominantly for their primary fuel needs, they are dependent on charcoal. And for that, they are chopping down trees at an enormous rate. There are thousands and thousands of square kilometers that are turned into desert every year as, they deforest, as the deforestation happens. Now, we can ramble on for a long time about that impact. You know, if you have big uh, forests like, like in Tanzania, which is in the, in the uh, equator belt, the, the, the less oxygen, we can just carry on for a very mm. long time. There are also secondary effects of this that charcoal is not burnt in an area, in rural areas only. The most, the most, where it's used the most is in densely populated urban areas, where it again creates a tremendous array, a, a range of, of resp respira respiratory uh, diseases, like for example, tuberculosis, and mm. due to the, due to the mm. uh, uh, pollution of, of the charcoal. So you have to see these things in context. You can't just say, well, it's fossil fuel, therefore by default mm. it's just bad. On top of that, the technology that we're using and how we are designing this is allowing us to, to mitigate the emission side of it to such an extent that our plant in, uh, in Tanzania in terms of emissions is almost at the same level as what uh, a gas-fired plant is. Okay, fantastic. So obviously there's some interesting things happening there within the company, but there's a real issue within Africa there that you're trying to address as well. Are you finding there's a level of support coming from the governments there for what you're doing at the moment? We have absolute support from the governments in every country where we are. We have full support for what we're doing and they are particularly encouraged by the fact that we are providing, as I said right at the beginning of this interview, that we are not just private, we're not just trying to say, well, what is the energy need of the country and we go and look and just take the first bit of technology we can and try and satisfy that need. We are in the business of providing solutions and if you take uh, enough time to study Kibu uh, carefully, you will see that for us, stakeholder interest is absolutely key. So when we develop an energy solution, or even if it is a coal-fired power station, it is with due consideration and involvement of all the stakeholders, because we see our projects as much as energy projects, or they are as much energy projects as what they are socio-economic development projects. They have to form part of that socio-economic uh, uh, development agenda. And within that, there's a whole lot of new stakeholders that you have to account for as well. Fantastic, Louis. That's a very interesting story there. And for anybody looking at the impact investing sector, um, this is definitely a company that is worth uh, looking at. So that was the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Louis, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Take care.